Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so excited that you're joining us here in the beautiful and award-winning Viking and La Cronue showroom in the Merchandise Mart. I'm here with my co-host, Chef Jamie Larita, who is the designer, the brand ambassador, a TV host of TLC Make This Place Your Home, That's right. and a fabulous friend. And we are beyond thrilled to introduce you to someone very special, and we just enjoy an incredible lunch here. Chef Diana Davia, who is the executive chef and owner of Mitakaya Anton Quereas. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. Oh, and what a special meal we enjoy today, I'm Jamie. Say, she killed it here in our showroom. Actually, you were the opening chef for the Viking La Cornue showroom when we opened last yeah, year. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I remember like me and my crew were just like this was like a candy land to us. We were, like, we're the first <laughs> ones to use it. Yes, yes. Oh, and you used the, you used the Turbo Chef oven. Uh-huh. And I remember you made meatballs. Yes. And what were in those meatballs? So those were it was a take on a traditional t- uh, dish called uh, chiles en hogada. Or we made it into an albondiga meatball dish. So it had onions, garlic, apples, chile, and raisins. Which is all of the like beautiful stuffing of what the chile poblanos normally And we served thousands of people that night. Yes. And I remember you being really impressed with the speed of the turbo chef. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. This is, you know, simple. I think that somebody else who was here and you're like, I don't know. I haven't used it yet. And like it ended up being like super simple life saving. So because I tend to put a lot of garnishes on things when it's like little events like that. And so just counting on something, just like opening it up and it's perfect. It was really well, nice. I feel like we were blessed to have you as our opening yes. chef. And then here today for our uh, designer lunch and learn, you really just slayed it. And I love the fact that all of the dishes, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of chefs, I mean, use uh, ingredients that are from the season. Mm-hmm. Today was like falling leaves mm-hmm. all over your plates. Yes. yes. You're such an emotional chef. I love the way you're so tied into the season. And it was great. I mean, for you have such a discerning palate and you were ooing and awing. It was like the fireworks from the kitchen. It was just incredible and delicious. <laughs> You're welcome. I am really emotional. And I think that that's one of the things that with dishes, when I'm pretty much recreating, it, it's not recreating something. I'm like one of those fundamental believers that you can't create, recreate things if you don't understand what its foundation is. Mm-hmm. And so like... Uh, and things for, you know, there's, there's classic combinations, of course, but however, like when you put a feeling or an emotion or a time in a place that you are like, it's transcendent it, it becomes energy in motion. And, you know, I think that's, my language. I, yeah, that's how I look at Speaking my language. Um, and my food, really. And I love the reasoning behind the name, and I will try to get it right this time, of your restaurant, Mitakaya and Tankejias 
Almost. 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 Hey. 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 Yeah. Hey. 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 What does that mean? There's about like three reasons why I named this. Like in it, in its most uh, just to format, Antoqueria literally means my namesake. So my name is Anna, and I'm thinking about a name for this is my first and only restaurant and. I wanted it to be personal, but I didn't want to name it Diana's or I didn't want to have ownership over. I wanted her to have her own spirit. So I'm like, well, if we have the same name, well, then that makes her Mitokaya. So then uh, I don't own her. She's her own person. So that's why I called it Mitokaya because she's my namesake. She holds the same name. That's one. This is how like in depth, I guess. I Sometimes it. It's, it was so ridiculous. And then it's the not. other time I was like thinking about, you know, about how, you know, I've been working in this industry for a long time since I was a teenager and it is long hours. You did, do give up so much of just that kind of everyday celebrations that you're not able to. So, and then here, like, you know, and I always, the way, I, I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm a chef, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a, like, in no particular order, all these things make me up. So I figured, like, here was a place where instead of working for somebody else, um, I got to be the kind of Wonder Woman where I got to put everything together. Be like, I could do everything. It's like Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, so it's like Mitokaya <laughs> is like my 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 performing, like, where I got to do, wear all those hats and, like, you know, braids and lipstick. We just, and, we just, we just bonded on many levels. I know that there are people snickering in the background because I call myself such. Oh, well. really? I, there do. You go. I do. I know what that means. And I have the last reason, the last reason, which I think is really special is because mi tokayo is the male version. Tokaya is the feminine way of saying it. So anytime I am quite a feminist and anytime that um, any woman says, oh, let's go to mi tokaya, it bears her name as well. So it's like a universal thing for every woman. They say me tokaya. So I feel like it's, there's layers just like cooking, you know? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Amazing. And on top of all of this, what I, I'm so impressed by, Food and Wine this year has just named you one of the best chefs in America. This is huge. Yeah, that's been crazy. Yes. It's still kind of like, of course, I've hoarded like 10 magazines. I still look at it every and I'm just like, Wow, that really did happen. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, your food is so, I hate to call it simple because it isn't, mm -hmm. but it's got so many layers and there's so much depth. And just tasting the mole and the sauces that you make, there's so many, like, I love the way you were explaining how many nuts and seeds mm -hmm. and um, vegetables go into the dish and how you just make it all seem so easy effortless and smooth and not overly seasoned there's mm -hmm. a simplicity to your food and then there's a great depth to it mm -hmm. i could tell you're really putting a lot of yourself and your soul into your food yeah you know i feel like i it's like one of those things where i'm constantly telling new cooks or just in general like yes i've been cooking for a long time but um there's when you first you don't know anything and you're just interacting and you're looking at things you're looking at food as recipes and putting mm -hmm. something together and then there's uh, like, oh, okay, you start recognizing certain techniques. And then you start looking at recipes and you start breaking them down into ratios about like understanding bases and 
acids and uh, how individual ingredients, what their compound mm-hmm. is. And then from there, like, that's where, like, now I kind of, I always say that I look at myself as a bruja because you have all these live ingredients and you're constantly, like, you know, they're, they're all live ingredients and it's by smell, by touch, looking, like, every, you're not always going to get the same tomatoes. So, Margaret, do you know, do you know, do you know what a bruja is? Is that, like, a witch doctor yeah. thing? Yes. yes. <laughs> I was actually going to say before, that's what we are, right? And when you, when you understand how to spin the pot like you do, it evokes such a feeling. It's almost like when I was eating your food um, and I never sit down. I got to sit down for once in my life today and you're, you put people under a spell. I mean, and that's, and you do. And, and when you're under someone's spell and it's done with the love and gratitude for an appreciation of ingredients like that, it takes you somewhere. And where is that journey? Tell me where you want to take people. Uh, you know, I think that it's always, I feel like there's, there's a couple things that I always think about, like for some reason from since the moment that I had, like where I wanted to be a chef, it came to me in like such a beautiful manner when I was making food for like the line cooks at my parents' taquerias, like when I was a teenager. And all of a sudden I just kind of like remember all of my five senses being, everything was quiet and silent. And that's when I was like, oh. I want to be a chef. It, it's a sensual thing where you have to use your senses in doing it. It's storytelling. I've always loved going to restaurants. I mean, I feel like it's this awesome orchestra of, you know, there's so many, so many live elements, you know, so think about just the cast itself, you know, like all these people from different backgrounds, from different, from different economic backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, different, you know, all in the same place putting on the same show trying to put on the same show then you have like the bones and the structure and the textures and like the smells and so I've always been obsessed with that and uh and I've always drawn inspiration through feelings and how a place or how someone makes me feel and I've always had such a loving relationship with my family and travels uh I would spend all my summers in Mexico and I didn't know until later that it was a love affair that like later on I would, you know, have another moment as a chef being like, I only want to max food. So, you know, like now we're going steady. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's where I was hoping you would go. Yeah. To me, it's a love affair. Like you talk about these ingredients so passionately and, you know, for me as a chef, my end result is always about giving. And I always want people to feel great yeah. when, when, you know, it's, it's a way for me to express myself. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it in such a harmonious way with all these different ingredients. You're, there's a lot of layers to your food, but yet they all seem to go down this one very smooth road. And yes, as, patience. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And I am not a chef, as you know, <laughs> as you know, but <laughs> as a diner, I mean, what an experience. The journey with that first dish, and I'm going to have pictures, I promise. That was incredible. First of all, it was a fried oyster taco, and I can't remember the, the exact name of that. And the salsa, the salsa was a salsa veracruzana. Yes. So taking all the traditional flavors of a very much loved um, sauce called salsa veracruzana. Yes. 
but uh, making it in a different technique. And then on a squidding tortilla. Yes. I've always yes. loved putting squidding I know. Who, yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. It was yeah. like uh, you took me on a journey, uh, uh, on a coastal journey. Well, it's like the ocean, you know? Yes. Everything is on, like, um, you know, a lot of proteins that we eat are, um, I, for some reason, you know, it, it resonates with me give them a piece of home when we consume them, right? Like, so, like, it, it makes sense. It's like a piece of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, that. you have a dish like that. One, you know, as a, as a chef, you have these taste memories. That's a dish that you remember. That's a dish that you want to go back for. That's a dish that you yes. want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We had several of those dishes today. Can you tell us uh, just really briefly about, I, we, you mentioned your family, and you mentioned growing up restaurant. Any defining moments that you can remember as a, a child. I remember for myself, it was like, I have 11 brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. So my mom, when I would come home from school, there was always potatoes that had to be mm-hmm. peeled and carrots that had to be yeah. peeled. So I was like the king peeler in my family. Any moments of you, like as a child, though, teaching how to make tortilla? What was the thing that came from an ancestor, a grandfather, a grandmother, an uncle, a wh- whomever? Was there a family member that really inspired you? Yeah, I would say that it was, it's a combination of my mother, my aunt, which is her sister, and my grandmother, their mother. When I would spend summers in Mexico, my grandmother died when I was probably about in fourth grade. Uh, however, I still like feel like if I was an adult at that time when she died, which is crazy. But uh, she an old I remember being, going to the market with her. Um, you know, nobody would want to go. It was the only one that would want to go. Nice, you know, I like, I'm like, are you kidding me? The mm-hmm. market's the funnest. Like, that's where all the action's <laughs> happening. And then same thing with my aunt as well. Like, she, once my grandmother died, she pretty much became the matriarch of the family. And then my mother's just always loved to, well, they both have always loved to, like, cook and cook new things mm-hmm. and travel. So I think that it's been just wanting to help I loved being in the kitchen in the market and just overall socializing with people Mm -hmm. so I feel like I've always you know like they would let me do things like you know shredding meat uh like if we had uh moliendo chiles you know which is pasting uh pasting chiles cleaning onions actually they wouldn't let me do knife work It's, it's more like the tedious things that Normally, yeah, it takes sorry. them a long time that you could give <laughs> to me feeling. to do. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Things like that. We do flour tortillas at the restaurant. And um, I feel like um, my my grandmother, my mother's mother was from Chihuahua, which is a northern state in Mexico. And I think there's always, I feel like there's so much ignorance surrounding Mexican food. And, you know, not just, even within Mexicans themselves. You know, it's a huge country. Not a lot of people have had the ability to like travel or to see and every single town does things so differently um, that it's incredible. Um, and, you know, flour tortillas for some reason in this country, always people think like, oh, well, that's not authentic, whatever that means. Mm. Or that's not like, it's like, really? Because my grandmother was straight up from the ranch and like did flour tortillas and was known in the whole town like, making this you know like different states different towns are known for certain things um and i think that when you generalize the cuisine sometimes you know you 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 shut yourself off from understanding it's like could you imagine like look at the difference between 
barbecue in Chicago and barbecue in Tennessee, Texas, yeah. or in Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Texas. Like it's like right. there's such miles away, like yeah, yeah, yeah. literally, like geographically, and also thought process, yes. like when you're smoking something, when you're barbecuing. So like the same thing applies in Mexican cuisine. It's, yes. it's really, really full of depth, complexity, depending on where geographically you're located, uh, what indigenous groups mm-hmm. had lived there, what the Spaniards or French or, you know, um, or American um, at that point. So like, to me, that's why another reason why I like food so much, it's because it's like the study of history and people mm-hmm. and like collectively constantly progressing into something. Yes, and I love too, and I've not seen this, the flowers that you placed on. Can you share with the foodie friends just the special meaning behind placing the flowers? Well, there's a lot were. of flowers. Um, I actually have like some great cookbooks of Mexican food with flowers, you know, because it's part of the season. It, it's the circle of life in general, you know, like you have... You have a seed, it sprouts, it starts growing. You start growing, the the seed keeps developing. You have roots, you have leaves, and then you have fruits, and then you have flowers, you know, and and through the flowers. And then after the flowers, you you know, you have this sort of lovemaking, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. And then that's where, like, just things continue to grow. But, like, during that time, like, in the peaks of summer, um, and later in fall, when you have squash blossoms, when you have all these vegetables come into to flower, you really get to, uh, there's so many things that you could do with them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Mexican cuisine, there's lots of different herbal remedies, botanicas, there's lots mm-hmm. of different recipes that are super, super old that people have been muddling, that people have been using, um, almost as a perfume factor in food sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really interesting. So, like, I always love flowers, and then plus it's part of our culture where, like, I'm actually not wearing any, but normally I like to wear flowers in my hair as well, you know, and I feel like there's just something really, um, something very attractive about, obviously, flowers. It's I mean, they're beautiful. It's, it's like, it's like, you're, you're luring, luring something to you, right? Yes. Through, through okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're best friends. She doesn't know you. <laughs> you too she are two peas in a pot. True. I mean, I love, like, even in uh, my herb boxes at home, and flowers are the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. When you're growing dill, the flowers, these beautiful oh, fans come up. They're my favorite. That's right? So they're so yeah. beautiful. And then you take little pieces of them and you garnish your plates with mm-hmm. them. And there's so much energy that comes from that. Yeah. And there's so much love right there. Everything has spent so much time I know, I know. just to get that flower. <laughs> Someone um, understands. Yeah. Absolutely. You too are And speaking of garnishing, I'll make sure we have a photo of this too. You garnished the chandelier oh, yeah. today. It oh, it's was, funny. I love, that... You know, I love how that happened because yeah. it was as if it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about cooking. And felt the need to go out and and dress the chandelier. There was chiles in there. Yes. Right, right, right. right. But it was, I was at one, I forgot, but like I was going to put some in my hair. Uh, but, I but it was this moment where I felt driven to do that. And then your main dish, without even communicating with you, looked like it fell yes. right off of the yes. chandelier. Your <laughs> restaurant, tell me about the restaurant. Mm-hmm. What, what made this restaurant happen? Where is it? Tell, tell everyone out mm-hmm. there where to go to experience this magic. So, Mi Tocaya and Tojeria, we're at 2800 West Logan Boulevard, uh, just a little corner on Logan Boulevard and California. It's small, open kitchen, 
And it really came about out of a lack of opportunity to tell you the truth. Mm. You know, um, I had, you know, I've, I've been working in this industry for a long time and I've seen many great, I've gotten a lot of amazing support. And also I think that the last project I did, I pretty much felt like a complete failure when I had to, when I felt a need to walk away and I just, it, it felt like a very public, like if it was like a public breakup, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, like you're never going to work in this town again. And then I'm like, picked myself up and I'm like, all right, well, let's see what's out there. I only want to cook Mexican food. And, you know, I come from a family who had taquerias growing up mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's hard, like owning your own business. I didn't know if I wanted to take that underlining I was like oh I could contribute as a group um or and like build upon that or but I really wasn't feeling like any of the opportunities that were out there I felt very um used um not necessarily respected for my vision or what I could do or what I wanted to do artistically and creatively and so um I think through the support of actual, a lot of entrepreneurs and chefs. And uh, they're like, well, why don't you just do it? You know, mm-hmm. like, and like, I felt like pretty much a lot of people had kind of carried me through that process. And it, it took all but a year and things just randomly came into place. Um, so, it, you know, that's where the name, the style of restaurant that we are being in Antoqueria, food that you crave, food that you long for. It's like nostalgic, shareable dishes, from your childhood and I knew I wanted it to be an open place where you I would be able to see the whole dining room where very much is like an open kitchen mm-hmm. and um, share I think a lot of the facets that I don't think people really know a lot about Mexican food you know I, I, I get that all the time I, I've read and studied and tasted and traveled a lot and I just feel I wanted to share what it's like to grow up with eating these sorts of childhood flavors or travel or also just be in, obsessed with a certain cuisine. And the last thing is always about being a woman. You know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, you always remember your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, you know, cooking in, in a lot of these scenarios. And especially in Mexican cuisine, you know, like 95% of the women still cook are the ones that are cooking today and when you take a look around of like you know Mexican chefs uh all these male chefs like I don't know if they necessarily even honor the Mm. traditions and or ask how do you make this I feel like it's giving respect and paying homage to all of my ancestors who are women to being like I'm open Let's work through each other. And it's the ultimate honor to these home chefs, truly, mm-hmm. who who cultivated your talent. Yeah. Mitokaya is really where I get to put together the professional cook in me yes. and the home cook in mm-hmm. me. It's a collaborative effort. And just in the restaurant, we, we always call our group that we're a gang, Mitokaya gang. You know, our crew is like very diverse. We have people from Costa Rica, Guatemala, Ecuador, Puerto Rico, all over. And it's amazing. I mean, we all did get conquistador from, from the same people, right? So there's so many similarities in many ways. And we're like, yeah, like, I remember, like, yeah, this reminds me of this dish or this reminds me of that dish. That, like, so I feel like we're always constantly kind of 
surrounded with this kind of spirit of our past and it ends up giving us more of a present feeling because sometimes you forget how powerful (laughs) everything that makes you when you're standing up now is always leading up to something so like I feel like we have that's why we're like oh we're the mitokai again you know like because we have now like taken that and and this is who we are Mm -hmm. this is what we want to share this is what we want to continue to do Wow. And I, I'm just speechless. I mean, it is just incredible, your story and this well, experience. Yes, yes absolutely. It's fine, the, yeah. the passion and the collaboration and everything that, you know, I've only known you through the showroom and meeting you here. But um, I can tell, like, you remind me of everything that I would love to be able to do, mm-hmm. to have a restaurant at that level and to really be able to... Um, there's a lot of work. Yeah, and yeah. especially when you have this sort of a soul, because it's yeah. easy it's easy to get lost in the passion. Mm-hmm. And, and you have children, and you mm-hmm. have a family, and you have this restaurant. The employees, people's livelihoods. Wow. Exactly, yeah. wow. exactly. So we know that the restaurant is great. Your food is great. Your, everything you say that comes out of your mouth is great. <laughs> What's going to happen in the future for you? I feel like you should have, you need your own, like you need to teach people, you need to show people. How are you going to do this? Uh, you know, there's there's a couple things that I have in the working set, like I have in the works. Um, I'm going to be writing a cookbook, which I'm super, super excited about. I have um, uh, a dream of a Molino that's very in the preliminary stage right now as well. And then I also have what we have, you know, the Food and Wine uh, magazine, really, there's such a great network and such a great family. And they have really opened up a lot of doors and... In that, uh, we we're going to be doing a super independent uh, cooking show. Wow! Revolves around um, in the restaurant. Revolves around showing um, always a dish. However, my favorite thing about entertaining is always that, like, I feel like a lot of times people always take have this undertaking Mm -hmm. of like, I have to do everything myself. You know, like, not only do you have to like put yourself together, your family together. You have to clean your house. You have to do a menu. You have to like, it's like, you know, where's the sense of community? So then what the guests show up and they just get pampered. What, what I'm like, that that's never been the case with my family. You know, like feel like it's uh, sometimes that may make people not like and feel stressful about that. It's about everybody putting in to the pot, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'll make two dishes. My mom will bring in the, finger food, uh, aunt will bring. So, and at the restaurant, our motto is todos ponen, everybody puts in. So ah. if we all put into the pot and we all feed from the pot, well, then it's going to be an amazing dinner. So it's a dream of ours and we're going to start, we've already started filming. We, That's amazing. Uh, yes. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I always like to ask our mm-hmm. guests, like if there's somebody watching, somebody that wants to get into the restaurant business, somebody that's sitting there thinking, oh, like they were you at one point in me, God, I really want to do that. What's the one thing they need to have? Like the one, the one thing, if you're watching this show and you're there and you're listening, what from a professional chef, somebody that's living their life as a professional chef, what's the one thing you really need? I say that an uncontrollable desire to want to create and to be a part of an experience. It's great. One thing I always love to do before ending the show is to have three tips. For the home chef. What's something easy I can make at home? Like something Mexican easy. And I'm just like, 
Mexican food is not easy. You know, a lot of, like whether you're making tamales or you're making gorditas or you're making sopes or you're making chochoyotes or you're making tostadas or like there's either a lot of knife work or there's a lot of time that you need. Like, so I think that, A, if you want to make Mexican food, you're going to have to commit, but lead with a feeling. Lead with a feeling and commit to one thing. You don't have to make some sort of just one thing, you know, make a guisado, make pozole, make... Make it a thing where you're actually going to, uh, this is what I'm going to do today. Another tip I would say, have patience. Uh-huh. Having patience <laughs> is of the utmost importance when you're making, uh, especially Mexican food, I would say, just because you need to kind of take your time, let things develop. You're nursing what you're making in the pot. So whether if you have five ingredients, you know, take your time to cut those vegetables, right? Take your time because it showcases and it's honoring all your ingredients. So I would say have patience, you know, have patience and make sure that it's a collaborative effort. You know, if you do things by yourself, nobody really does anything by themselves, you know, like nobody does things by themselves. Like you have to, you know, be reasonable about what you can do and what you can't and ask for help, you know, I put your great. children to yeah, like, yeah. have them peel, peel those potatoes, peel those potatoes. <laughs> peel those carrots. Exactly. number eight, yes. number eight. And what is the word for all in? Todos ponen. Wow. Thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat. Oh, my goodness. This was great. And thank you, dear foodie friends. Make sure, if you're in Chicago, to go to Mitakaya Antakahias. Almost Antakahias. And meet Chef Diana and taste her food. Also, come visit Chef Jamie Larita and the beautiful Viking and La Cornu showroom, the Merchandise Smart Suite 137. Visit thevikinglife.com and also come visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories too. As Margaret always says, savor the day. Podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.